podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon, early evening even, we are looking at Celtic 2 Livingston nil. We got there in the end and um, not a vintage performance but plenty to uh, take from it, plenty of positives. We were talking before the game and at halftime about the necessity to try and get the wins uh, for the momentum coming into the, the Rangers game. On the 30th, uh, I've been speaking about that since we went into the final game, to be fair. Um, And I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on that particular performance today. Palma gets a couple of um, assists. Kyogo gets off the mark as well. And a brilliant header by Scales. And he he takes it directly from a corner as well, which is very unusual for Celtic to score. We've been looking really weak from corners in an attacking sense as well as defensively. So it was brilliant to see Scales getting on the end of that. We were talking about him before the game, um, really just his his curve in terms of his Celtic career, really. Um, Looking this time last year like he was on his way out. Looking this time... In the summer that, that he was on his way out, uh, part of that Aberdeen team who were humbled and embarrassed by Darville about 11 months ago in the, in the Cup. Biggest uh, Scottish football shock of all time, some might say. And look at him now. He's scoring goals. He's he's commanding um, that defensive area. He's winning Man of the Match awards in the Champions League. Uh, so let's talk about the, the game itself then. Loads of comments coming in. Keep them coming. There was a few of you worried at halftime, wasn't there? And um, I think my attitude at halftime was that uh, it will come. We were far superior in terms of quality uh, than the opposition. We're not quite there yet. Um, but what I liked all throughout the game, actually, was that the the way we were using our wingers, um, mainly Palmer, it's got to be said, Maeda didn't have his best game, but he'll come into it. Um, he needs to get the match sharpness, and he wasn't as effective as Palmer on the other side. Go directly from Scales and Carter Vickers to your wingers um, and you'll get Livingston on the back foot. Every time you play a side who are playing with these um, ultra-defensive tactics, it's the only real way to, to break through them, unless you've got that individual moment of brilliance. And that's difficult when you're playing in conditions like that. Heavy, heavy rainfall um, throughout that game. So no changes were made at halftime. And we came out in the second half and got two early goals, didn't we? one uh, nothing up after 46 minutes. And then the second goal within five minutes of the restart. Um, we were on easy street. Um, at that point, I felt that Celtic could have gone on to one, uh, three, four, five nil. It wasn't to be. I think a big part of that as well. Um, after 60 minutes, we start making the substitutions um, and that kind of groove and the rhythm that we had built into um, wasn't really there once we made all the changes, which which is understandable. Um, I want to run through the team. I want to tell you my thoughts on each individual player, what I think is working, who we still need to uh, improve on. And then overall, because, I mean, let's let's go back to the half-time bulletin where there were commenters in here saying that Brendan wins his, wins his game or he gets sacked. I mean, that was a chat. I'm going to bring in Red Scotland. Red Scotland's been commenting on a Celtic state of mind for many years now. Um, good to see you back. 
Um, how's all the bed waiters getting on now? Um, Red's looking for a bite. Word of advice, lads. Every time uh, you open your mouths, it's just to change feet. So maybe best to hoard your wished Rogers at work. Right. Where are we with this one then? Um, what I would say to anybody who's got doubts, it's um, understandable. We are in a position, and we spoke about this at the beginning of the game, where two league defeats on the bounce doesn't happen at Celtic. You know, it happens once every 10 years. Actually, almost 11 years, because the, um, the, that happened in February 2013, so almost 11 years ago. So we're not used to that. And I don't think it's an entitlement as a, as a Celtic supporter or as a, a football fan. That's a word that gets um, kind of thrown at us and levied towards us from time to time, that we're entitled every time. We're unhappy with something at Celtic. We're entitled. Look at all that silverware. You should be happy. Well, I don't think it's that at all. I think that you get into a scenario where, you know, since that 2013 defeat, we've won 10 out of 11 leagues as a football club. Um, out of 33 trophies, we've won 23. 33, we've won 23. I mean, it's a level of success that isn't, Guaranteed. Um, you mean no matter who your opposition is, you've got to work extremely hard for every single win, every single victory and trophy. Um, and as a fan base, I don't think you um, are entitled to anything. But what happens is the standards are so high that your expectation level um, rises. What do you expect at the beginning of every season as a Celtic fan? What you want anyway is you want the uh, the club to win the league. That's your bread and butter. And it opens the gate to Champions League uh, participation the following season and um, what do you want to do elsewhere I've always thought you know, listen if you win a treble it's phenomenal right and we've won a few in recent times um, I obviously was uh, you know season ticket holder during the, the time that Martin O'Neill won it um, in his first season and it took a long long time for us to do it again when we started doing it again I think Brendan Rodgers normalised it almost and we've done four on the bounce we've done another one last season so you know, trebles are phenomenal. That That's the kind of like perfect um, report card that you would get. Um, but I always say, uh, you win the league and win a cup. A, 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 a league and a cup, that is that is what you need, I think, as a, as a Celtic manager. For example, Brendan Rodgers coming back in. And then you try to remain in Europe into the, uh, the uh, knockout stages, don't you? You try to go beyond Christmas. That's going to change. You're going to be in Europe beyond Christmas if you qualify for the Champions League next season. But that is the the expectations. That's what you want. That's the demands as a Celtic fan rather than the entitlement of a Celtic fan. So, yeah, you can understand that people get very aggrieved, uh, unhappy, a bit nervous, a bit anxious if we go a few games without a win. Um, but let's not forget as well that in amongst the two games was that final performance and the win, uh, first home win in 10 years. Um, and I think that, you know, we tend to forget that because of this bad record that, that continually um, gets mentioned, the first, first two consecutive league defeats uh, since 2013. Um, but you know what? It's, it's really, it could be a blip as long as we use today as the beginning of getting back into some kind of consistency of team selection, of performance levels. Um, as I say, we've done enough to win today. I think the game was put to bed in the first five minutes of the second half. We've taken our feet off the gas. It's given Brendan Rodgers an opportunity to introduce um, some of the substitutes, Forrest, O'Yang 
uh, and also Turnbull. So we'll be having a look at all these performances. And overall, one of the biggest ones for me is the way we were utilising our wing areas to create chances for Kyogo. We've been talking about it all week. Uh, we actually seen it. I used an example before of a defender that really liked that style of play at Celtic. And it was Marich Jens. He loved to get the ball um, in, his, in his own third and find Jota on the wing. And Jota would then do his thing and create a chance and, and uh, inevitably create a, a goal um, from that chance. And I think that it's something that's been, we've been crying out for it. And Kyoko's been crying out for it as well. Because when Palmer cuts inside and lofts a ball into the box, Kyogo's no winning that. They're no winning that against um, the the athletic nature of uh, a Livingston defence and most of the defences that play that style of football. If they're going to be playing ultra-defensive against Celtic, and let's be honest, the majority of the games at Celtic Park, we are coming up against the opposition being um, lined up like that. They think that that's the way to, to get a result against us. Um, you look at um, when they don't do it, we can we can really carve them up. You look at Aberdeen, for example, coming to Celtic Park and we absolutely destroyed them. We can do that to teams if they try and open up and play uh, football against us. So, you know, these teams, they're always going to have those um, those defensive uh, lineups, and it's down to us to try and get in behind the defence. You can do that on the counter. Um, that's why I wasn't too concerned when Livingston were attacking although it sounds a bit unusual, sometimes you, you should allow them to come at you so that their shape at the back um, opens up and then you can hit your, your wingers. And someone in the, the comments at halftime said that they, they, they weren't happy with Palmer's distribution. Um, and I get it because I don't think he was doing it in his natural way, which is to cut inside and either dink the ball over or cross the ball into the box. That might suit somebody like O. But O doesn't start many games. Um, Kyogo is that that talisman um, up top. And it was so important today for him to get his goal um, as well. And I think he really will benefit from it. He had a few chances today. Um, There's also the question around um, Kyogo's shoulder injury, something that's not mentioned that often. But I think that there's a a physical aspect um, and a targeting of Kyogo in Scottish football, whereby um, you can even, you can see... uh, you know, the opposition players targeting that shoulder, grabbing onto it at every opportunity as well, um, going in with the old uh, shoulder barges, etc. They are trying to target uh, Kyogo because they know how dangerous he is. So let's run through the team. Uh, comprehensive victory, not a vintage display, but um, it was good enough. And I think that uh, we could have gone up a gear or two if necessary. At the back, all week I've been saying that uh, we have got a group of players um, who I think are your backbone, and we really need them all to step up. Uh, we spoke about it during the week on the Axon Bulletin at 12.30. And the group of players at the moment that I would say uh, are within that are Joe Hart, Alistair Johnston, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, uh, Kyogo Furahashi and Dyson Maeda. Um, I think that once you get Rio Atati and Leela Bada back uh, to full fitness, they come into that equation as well. And then you look at the players who are on form, like Liam Scales, like Palma today. Palma's shown you what you can do today. Um, there was a few doubters before the game and at halftime in the comment section saying that they're not sure what he brings to the, the, the table. I think he showed today. Yeah, he's not a, a player that generally for 90 minutes you get that uh, intensity from him where he's having a an absolute cracking game for the, the entirety of it. But when he comes into it like he did today and he's got the uh, the two assists, uh, as I say, one from a corner, which is unusual for us, um, then 
I think he shows you that he, he does have quality. And I think undoubtedly from all the players that we brought in in the summer, he is the one that's standing out. Um, we'll come back to Yang. I think Yang came on and showed us enough of what he has. Um, and during uh, my rundown of the team, I'll be bringing in as many of your comments as possible. So keep bringing them in. Uh, we want you to agree, disagree, um, or make any points you wish. For example, today, I looked at Bernardo and I, and I looked at his performance and I thought, Bernardo, I'm still not sure about him. Um, I know what he brings because I've I've watched it myself. I know why he was brought in for the Champions League games. Um, there's uh, an element of his games where he can snuff out quality, he can snuff out space. Um, a lot of that stuff isn't really, you know, kind on the eye. It's not something that stands out after the game. Um, I remember him having a, a decent enough 60 minutes against Hibs uh, where I thought from an offensive kind of perspective he looked good. I'm not quite sure offensively that that's his strength. I think he's more of a defensive player, which is why he was used in the Champions League. But he got the nod today. Let me know, am I being too harsh on on the kid? Uh, I know that he's uh, a player that's come in on loan. I've, I've even suggested that maybe we shouldn't continue with that loan because we've got other players in the background who are owned by Celtic, who could be developed by Celtic and who might do a better job than Bernardo. I don't know why uh, someone with so many uh, defensive qualities would be played against Livingston, for example. I mean, you know, the, all the possessions in the Livingston final third, we've got all the ball. And, um, you know, I, I just think maybe a wee, a wee bit more creative in there. And I get that if you do play um, someone more creative than McGregor, is going to be doing a lot of the defensive work. But he's good at that. And, and Matt O'Reilly's good at it as, as well. Uh, Peter Grant mentioned that during the game. Um, Peter Grant's favourite saying, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and he does remind you from time to time that he has worked closely with Matt O'Reilly and he pinpointed his defensive qualities. I think you've seen that when Callum McGregor was injured for that spell under Ange Postecoglou and uh, Matt O'Reilly had to come in and play some of the Champions League games in a more of a defensive six uh, position. It showed you how he can adapt. He can be he can be very, very creative as his goals and assists have shown this season. Uh, but he also has the defensive quality. So I'm not sure we really had to play Bernardo today. Listen, it worked. So, you know, the gaffer got it right. Uh, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure about the player. Um, so I'm not going in studs up on him. I'm just thinking, do we have someone at the club who can do that job uh, as well as, if not better, uh, than Bernardo, and I get that, that Holm was unavailable through illness and Iwata was unavailable through injury, but when these guys come back in, I'm not sure Bernardo's on the top of my list. Obviously, Turnbull comes in uh, quite late in the day for the for the game, doesn't really make an impact, plays the last 15 minutes of the game. What do you think the uh, future holds for Turnbull? I remember doing a game, actually, after Angie's first season, and uh, Turnbull had started that season off as uh, a player that was a go-to for Ange Postecoglou. Uh, by the end of the final game, um, Lawrence Conley and Ewan Martin joined me on the on the stream. And Ewan had a theory on, on Turnbull. He felt that he wasn't suited to Ange Postecoglou. A lot of people disagreed with him. Uh, but when you look at the, the lack of minutes he got in the second season under Ange, and then that's been followed up by Brendan Rodgers not really utilising him that often or regularly, um, then I'm not sure about his future, I've got to be honest with you. I think we need to start looking at people who are going to be contributing regularly. I mean, Turnbull came on there for the last 15. Um, you think sometimes he might be able to pull something out of the bag, get your goal, 
Uh, when we're chasing the game, it can become quite desperate, you know, throw and Turnbull to get us a goal. But over the piece, um, he's not playing enough football for himself uh, at his age. He will have aspirations. He'll be looking at quite a few of the uh, guys who have gone over to Italy, for example. I don't think uh, David Turnbull goes down to the EPL. I don't think he's that, that classic player. Agree or disagree with me in the comments? What do you think the future holds for David Turnbull? What do you make of Paolo Bernardo? Um, and as I run through the team, I'll be bringing in your comments. We also have uh, a lot of people saying to me, it's the same guys coming up all the time. Well, I'll tell you, during the live stream, we get um, quite a lot of the, the comments coming in from the same people watching. So the chances are higher that they're going to say something that catches your eye and uh, we bring it up. Should the start against Dundee? Right, here we go. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't I don't think he was brilliant today. Um, that'll be the next player I speak about. I don't think Dyson Maida was great today. Um, but we've got to remember he's been out, and that was his first start since November. He has been out, got injured, of course, against Atletico Madrid. And I think Dyson Maida, he brings things again to the game um, with his defensive qualities, for example, that uh, are very, very important. Um, he's running, you've not seen it as much today. I think that he was like a rabbit in the headlights every time he got an opportunity in the box. Um, he gave us that insight, didn't he, with his first half hat-trick against uh, Yokohama Marinos at the beginning of the season, that he might be good backup as a centre-forward. Um, Liam Carrigan, who's watched a lot of football prior to uh, the Japanese players coming to Celtic, reckons that he could do a job through the middle. Um, and when Kyogo's form was kind of dipping a wee bit, you know, to take him out the firing line, this, there was a suggestion that he could drift wide because he can play there. He's played a lot of his football at club level in Japan and internationally um, out left. But I, I've not really seen it, I've got to say. Other than that one friendly game um, where he, he looked like a completely different beast, uh, maybe all the circumstances um, resulted in it being a perfect storm for him, I'm not sure. But every time, he, it's like he gets a nosebleed. Uh, when he gets the ball in the box, there was there was I think four four occasions today where he had a chance, um, four chances, and and he's just not got that kind of decisive nature about him. He kind of second guessed that he doubted himself a wee bit, and uh, before you know it, the ball had gone. Um, but I do think he starts against Dundee because I think we need to get a consistency, um, and I know that Yang came on and and it all looked pretty pretty on the eye. Um, and you think he's made an impact, and most of the wingers can switch between left and right wing. But I think the Maida, for me, is a very important player for Celtic. And he he needs to start when he's fit. Again, though, what do you think in the comments section? Um, has Maida done enough to keep his jersey? Um, I'm going to continually bring your comments up. Double Denim's up next. Uh, done well in the second half, but must keep this in, in perspective. This is the bottom side in the, in the league. They are, and they're not a good team. And uh, Great to see Kyogo back among the goals. And Palmer distribution far better in the second half. Let's build on it. I think a key part of building on it is to try and get some kind of element of consistency. Um, and I think that when you're looking at that starting lineup today, where do you think we can improve from within, from the players that are either coming in back from injury or already within the squad? So Joe Hart, Alistair Johnson, Taylor, uh, they all start. Um, Hart and Taylor start because we've got nobody else who's going to come in. Um, and Taylor was actually really good today, I, th I thought. I'll come back to him. Alistair Johnston, he's the best right back at the club. Um, I don't think he hits the byline and overlaps as well as Tony Ralston does. But defensively, he's a better player. Carter Vickers and Scales, not only individually, but I think as a partnership now, they have uh, been brilliant to the point where, you know, Liam Scales, that guy 
who played against Darvel for Aberdeen, that one who came in for half a million from an Irish league club, is keeping seven and a half million quid worth of uh, talent, not even on the bench, uh, but they're certainly keeping them out of the start of the Bernardo's got the one with the question mark for me in the midfield. McGregor and Matt O'Reilly, they, they're first picks every single day of the week. And I think your, your front three at the moment picks itself. Palmer, Kyogo, Maida. Um, the, the other players that are coming back, Rio and Abada, I think they come straight back into the team, and then you've got um, then you've got a, a question to answer over who you drop in the in the wing. And I think at that stage, you know, it's all about form. Uh, if Palmer's shown the kind of form that he's shown today, he can't be dropped. Uh, Abada comes in, um, and you've then got a, a really good uh, contest between two of the wingers. Rio Atati, of course, he, he didn't um, start the season, did he, for Brennan Rodgers? But I think that what the last couple of months have shown is that we don't have a replacement of the same standard. Uh, Bernardo, home, uh, we've also had a Wata in there um, as well, and David Turnbull, of course. I don't think any of them can fill that void that has been left uh, during the absence of Rio Atati. I'm going to I'm going to run through the team. I wanted a wee bit more of a commanding presence from Joe Hart. Listen, he wasn't tested today. Uh, there was no need for anything. Um, so that basically rolls on to the next game. Dundee have done really well under the dock and I think that uh, we need to be, you know, at the top of a game um, and, and ensure that we, we don't uh, fall back into that inconsistency where we put in a decent performance and we follow up with a terrible performance and that's that's been the kind of story of this season. Alistair Johnston, yeah, I'm going to go back on the the, um, the point that I made. I don't think he's as good as Tony Ralston overlapping and getting the balls into the box that Kyogo loves. Um, I really don't, but he is a better defender. And if you put the two of them up side by side, Johnston gets man odd every single time. He looked more like himself today. Um, he is less of a threat down the right-hand side. He gets a bit of a nosebleed if it opens up for him as well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely the first pick. Um, are we looking at improving on that area of the park? No, absolutely not. Uh, Greg Taylor, is he the most criticised Celtic player of uh, this season? Probably. Um, was he one of our better performance today? Absolutely, he was. Uh, for me, his overlapping was brilliant because he was basically forcing Palmer to do what Rodgers wants him to do um, and then that was resulting in the type of ball that Kyogo thrives on, which is low and fast into the box, either ahead of him or behind him. Kyogo can deal with it. And as the sharpness and the confidence grows in Kyogo, he's going to get more and more of these goals. I thought Taylor was excellent at that today. Um, there are still occasions where he kind of he fades into positions he shouldn't be in, um, and he strays in there and he blocks lines for other midfielders. He does that. Um, he's got a bad habit of doing that. But I think over the piece, he had a very, very good game. Do we still need to strengthen at left back and goalkeeper 100%? Um, and the, the left-back position will be strengthened in January, I think. Burnaby Celtic career for me, it's finished. It's over. It's not worked out. Three and three-quarter million quid. Um, how much can we get back for him? Who knows? But um, can we even get him out on a permanent in January? I don't know. Uh, the, these deals are sometimes difficult, but we need to start the ball rolling with Burnaby. In the middle, Carter Vickers and Skills, both solid today. Uh, what I love about Skills is his ability to be able to break the lines with a... Uh, the searching passes, they're not big hoofs up the park. They're a very, very good distribution to the wingers, uh, key passes, and then he gets his goal. He gets his goal today, and, and what a header it was. Absolutely brilliant. Um, he has been the real success story of the season. The find 
of the season. The guy that was already there, he was there all along, and we're going out there and we're bringing in emergency centre-halves from Liverpool, paying them big wages. We're bringing in Novrosky and Lagerbilk, and it's costing us the best part of seven and a half grand, uh, million uh, grand. I wish it was grand. And there, all, all along, you've got Liam Scales, um, who I thought, when he came in and started performing, how long is it going to last? You know, you, you think to yourself, yeah, it's, it's a wee flash in the pan, it's a purple patch. But no, he's proved guys like me wrong and fair play to him. And I'd love to see him, you know, um, holding on to that jersey all season because I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, Callum McGregor, yeah, driving force again today. Um, he comes in for a lot of criticism uh, on the comments section from time to time. Uh, he was a guy, I think, that was grabbing the, 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 the game by the scruff of the neck. He was trying to make things happen um, again on the edge of the box. He will try a shot. It didn't come off today, but it has in the past. St. Johnston, he was massive against St. Johnston. Uh, CJ, welcome back into the chat. If we don't turn the intensity up to 11, we struggle. Effort was excellent, but we need so much more. That's a legacy, isn't it, of uh, Ange Postecoglou, where we played for two years at that level uh, of intensity. Um, and I think we are, I've got to admit, we are still at our best when we play that fast, free-flowing football. Um, when we, we don't, then we become quite passive and pedestrian in nature. Um, sometimes I think that Brendan Rodgers' teams do that to kill the game for 25 minutes. We did it against Aberdeen earlier in the season and it worked to good effect when we were 2-1 up. We eventually got the goal when Yang, uh, with his bit of magic in the box, created some space for Matt O'Reilly. But, you know, often it's been a case of not being able to, if you don't have that intensity not being able to step it up. So I think we started the game um, at that level and we continued throughout the entirety of the match. So I absolutely agree with that, uh, but I do think it's a legacy of uh, Ange Postecoglou's time at the club. Uh, Danny Boy, welcome into the chat. Uh, nice to see us bringing on a, a, a young lad when we're cruising. Wait a minute. Um, listen, I, I agree with this, right, because... I think there's two names at the moment. Obviously, we've got a few guys out on loan, a few of the younger boys out on loan. Um, but there's two players, Mitchell Frame, who makes his debut against Feyenoord and didn't put a foot wrong. Um, obviously, I mean, you know, we all want to see him doing well. And then he's dropped for the following squad against Hearts and he's not in the squad today. Um, and it's a game like today that you bring the boy on, as, as Danny was saying there, you bring them on, you give them that, that 15 minutes and um, you build their experience, their confidence, their strength. Um, you know, and it's like they, they need to get kind of streetwise on how this level of football works because they're playing B-team football, which is fifth tier and, and, and youth football. It's all they've, it's all they've known. Um, so we need to give them more minutes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, I'd much rather Mitchell Frame was on that bench than Quan, for example. I know they're different um, positions, but uh, Rocco Vata is the other one I keep banging on about. I'd much rather have seen Rocco Vata getting Mikey Johnson's game time. Ro Rocco Vata is an unknown quantity. We need to know if he's got it at this level. We know what Mikey Johnson has and doesn't have, and we've seen it over a, a number of years. Yet we gave him minutes and minutes and minutes. We didn't give Vata the minutes. And it, it'll break my heart, actually, if, if uh, Vata leaves in January. I think it's a missed opportunity. I think we'll regret it. I don't see him at training every day. Uh, Brennan Rogers knows a lot more about the ability, the attitude, the application than, than I ever will. Um, but, you know, from the outside looking in as a supporter, it is disappointing, uh, Danny, and I get your point. I absolutely do get your point. There's going to be, 
occasions this season where James Forrest is the guy to come off the bench. Um, but when you're playing Livingston at home and um, is it a game you expect to win? Of course it is. You're top of the league in their bottom. Um, then I think that it's wise to bring in a, a young player, not not too many, not three or four, a young player off the bench, give him a wee bit of experience at this level as well. Uh, when Yang goes down the outside to the byline, he's dangerous. Yes, he is. If he works on it and becomes more consistent, um, he'll have a lot to offer. I, I still think Yang's one for the future. I think Yang and home have shown us enough uh, that they are players that we can utilise, but you know we're not going to see the best of them this season. And it is important to give them some minutes. I think that there's been a few occasions this season where Yang's been spooked by the um, not only the attention he's getting from the opposition, but also from uh, the opposition fans. And so we're building him up, aren't we? And I think you're right. When he, when he does that run down the, the line, he maybe holds on to the ball too long at times, uh, but I think that he does look dangerous. The other midfielder, of course, was Matt O'Reilly. Not his best game today. Uh, a lot of speculation flying around Matt O'Reilly. There's uh, I, I find a bizarre story that Inter Milan want him on an initial loan with an obligation to buy. Why on earth would Celtic loan him out? I mean, surely even if it's because they're going to offer you a massive loan fee, you don't loan out your best player. We've got to win this league. Matt O'Reilly's going to be massive towards that. And if the board thought that uh, there was sections of the fan who, fan base who were unhappy before, you don't go and sell your best player in January. I, I can't even allow that to enter my mind. And the front three, Palmer, man of the match, deservingly so. There's two sides to Palma, isn't he? He's inconsistent. Um, when things are going well, he's a good, good player to have in your team. What I want, and I said it at the beginning of the game and at halftime, I want him to add that wee element to his game whereby you can count on him when the, when the chips are down. I think Jota eventually got there with us and he became a much better player as a result of that. There's going to be occasions all the way through this season where you need everybody to step up, not just the, the same guys like Carter Vickers and McGregor and Scales and Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo. You need everybody to step up. Palmer's not shown that yet. He was great today. Two assists, man of the match, well-deserving. And, of course, Kyogo gets that uh, that goal that we wanted him to get. Uh, by the way, I think he had five or six chances, but he got the goal. Um, and I think it's now a case of him building on that. Uh, he gets it good timing, goes into the game against Dundee and hopefully he'll be firing on all cylinders come the 30th. One week today, we'll be covering it live. Hopefully somebody will join me uh, live today. Maida, Dyson Maida, I think I've already touched on. He wasn't at his best, uh, but he starts for me against Dundee. Why was on loan today? Well, it's Christmas time. People have got other stuff to do. And the vast majority of the Axon contributors who are Scottish-based are at the game as well. So from time to time, you will see me uh, streaming on my own. And uh, we'll be doing it in a slightly different way. You will see more of the, the studio. And we'll set the cameras up as well so that it's more of a studio vibe rather than the visuals that you've come to get used to over the last three or four years of streaming. Um, thanks, every single uh, person, for coming into the comment section. It was nice and busy, particularly at halftime, and I think a few of us were worried at the scoreline. We got there in the end. We looked towards uh, Dundee. I will be coming on live at some point uh, tomorrow for a bulletin. I'll try and keep it at 12.30. Might take a day off at Christmas. So um, thanks, every single one of you, for your support throughout the year. I've got to say this. A Celtic state of mind is going from strength to strength, and um, every aspect of it, uh, we are tweaking, we are trying to improve, we're trying to give you better quality content, more content, uh, live events, everything else that comes with that as well. Fully produced video, 
um, as well. 2023 saw the introduction of a Wander Round Paradise. It saw the introduction of our live events um, as well. And also another focus on the Axon blog. So we're we're trying all the time to improve what we do. We're trying to keep um, all the content free. We will be keeping the content free. If you want to come along and see us live, obviously it's a slightly different um, scenario and setup because there's a lot of overhead. So uh, you can come and see us in 2024. Uh, we're going to be announcing some big names very, very soon. I'm in discussions with some Excels for 2024. And of course, we will always be pushing to try and assist those less fortunate than us. And we've done a, a, a remarkable job as a community, Axon. That includes a lot of you guys listening in, whereby we've now uh, raised over £101,000 uh, for good causes. And we are continuing to raise money for wee Jamie Tierney, um, who needs 60 grand a year just uh, to maintain his quality of life, not improve it and maintain his quality of life. He suffers from Duchenne muscular dystrophy, uh, of which there is no cure currently. Uh, but we are helping his family as best we can. I wish every single one of you a happy Christmas and a, a very, very festive New Year as well with friends and family. And at this time of year as well, if you're worried about anybody, uh, ask them if they're all right, make sure they're okay. Um, it's a time of the year that isn't happy for everybody. Some people out there are struggling. Try and look for the signs of that. Um, and if you need to help yourself, give us a shout anytime. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And I'll see you again tomorrow at 12.30 for a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.